Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Abby Saslin. Today we are studying Masachet Beitza Daf Chafhei, page 25. Our Daf today moves from the laws of Yom Tov to what seems to be a guide for basic manners, an etiquette manual, right on the middle of our Daf. As Atin Steinsaltz writes about the Talmud, it is not as much a schematic textbook, but a slice of life. As we see today, it is a slice of life which leads us to the way that we are meant to live. The Mishnah begins by moving beyond the discussion of trapping and catching animals on Yom Tov, moving back to the topic of Shechita, slaughtering an animal on the holiday. Of course, slaughtering an animal is permissible for the purpose of ochel nefesh. If you're going to cook it and eat it that day, it is permissible on Yom Tov. But our Mishnah brings up a very specific case, a behema misukenet, lo yishchot. One may not slaughter a dangerously ill animal on Yantif, ela imken yesh shehut bayom lechomimena kezayit sali unless there is still time to eat at least an olive-sized amount of the animal roasted. What exactly is a behemamisukenet, a dangerously ill animal? This is an animal that you are afraid will die before the end of the holiday. As Rashi explains, it is after one has already had a su'udah for the holiday. So the only reason one would kill the animal is mahmat hefsedo, because of the loss that he would incur. Remember that an animal which dies on its own cannot be eaten by a Jew. Kosher meat must have a kosher shechita. But if the animal dies on its own on Yantif, the owner will then lose all the meat on the animal, and therefore he might be tempted to perform a kosher shechita on the animal, a kosher slaughter, so that he can use the meat. If a person thinks his animal is about to die, he would have every reason to slaughter it, except that he doesn't need the meat to eat on the holiday. He's already eaten his holiday meal. So it's not technically ochel nefesh. Our Mishnah deals with the question of how much time he has to eat it in order for it to be considered ochel nefesh. The Tanakama argues that he would need to have enough time to skin and roast the animal as well as to eat an olive-sized amount before the end of Yantif in order for it to count as ochel nefesh and for the slaughter to be permissible. Rabbi Akiva is more lenient. Afilu kezayit chai mi beit One can eat from it even raw if the spot that is eaten is from the beit tvichata, from the place of its slaughter. This idea is discussed further in the Gemara. 
But the Gemara begins with Rami Bar Abba's explanation that in general the Torah demands that food cannot be eaten until an animal has been skinned and dismembered. He tells us that the Torah demands this of an olah sacrifice. And he says that the Torah is teaching derech eretz, proper manners. It's simply not proper for a person to eat meat before skinning and dismembering the animal. This seems relatively obvious to modern ears. But it also makes sense because Rama Bar Abi must be trying to show us derech eretz. Otherwise, why would Rabbi Akiva allow a person to eat a piece of the meat raw, even if Rabbi Akiva is speaking about a piece of the intestine. Still, it must be permissible to eat it raw in that regard. Otherwise, Rami Bar Abba would never say that this is simply Derech Eretz. The Gemara explains that Rami Bar Abba is not teaching a legal requirement, but simply Orach Ara Kamashmalan. He is simply teaching us the way of the land proper manners. He's teaching us what not to do. The Gemara reminds us that this kind of thing happens all the time. Tanaitic and Amoraic teachings abound, which are trying to teach us what to do and what not to do, the different kinds of manners that matter in the world in which they lived and which may still matter in the world in which we live. The Gemara at the top of Amud Bet brings two Brightot, two Tanaitic teachings that teach Orach Ara, that teach the right way to do things or social manners. First, Lo Yochala Dam Shum Ubatzel Me Rosho Ela Me Alav. A person should not eat a garlic or an onion bulb from the top, but only from its leaves, which according to Rashi means from the bottom. If he does eat it from the top, he is a glutton. And it continues, just like this case, a person should not drink a whole cup of wine in one swallow. And if he did drink it in one swallow, he is considered a guzzler. The second breita continues on this issue of drinking a cup of wine or of any beverage in one big gulp. Tani Rabbanan, hashoteko so someone who drinks his cup in one gulp, hareze gargaran, this is a guzzler. Shnaim derecheretz, in two gulps, he is following the rules of derecheretz. Shlosha migisei haruach, but if he drinks it in three gulps, he is among the haughty. Evidently, he's putting on airs by drinking his wine too slowly. These three explanations of how to drink a cup of wine are clearly derecheretz in the Talmud and in the Breita. The Breita seems to simply be describing types of people rather than giving a halachic decision. Over the generations, however, what has once been just simply derech eretz in the Mishnaic and Amoraic times becomes Jewish law. Rav Yosef Karo in the Shulchan Aruch actually codifies these three types of drinkers. And Rav Moshe Israelis, the Ramah, who is the Ashkenazi, commentator on the Shulchan Aruch, he distinguishes between cups of different sizes. 
saying that if a cup is particularly small, one is permitted to drink it in one gulp. And if it is particularly big, it is not a problem to drink it in more than two gulps. But how did this happen? How did basic manners turn into halakha? It seems that such is the history of Jewish law. Somehow the Talmud went from talking about derech eretz, orech ara, the way that things should be done, and over the generation it becomes established as halakha. Miss Manners would be jealous. Getting basic manners turned into law over the passage of time. But it also gives us a sense of how the Talmud works. Taking daily considerations, daily manners, and turning them into a way of life. Orach ara, literally, the way of the land, or the way that we live. The halakha is simply that, the rabbi's best attempt to create a life of meaning, and a life that is filled with polite people. <laughs> so here we are at the end of our week together, having learned a variety of approaches to our own Jewish lives. We have a better sense of the way we want to practice our Judaism, building off what was important to our rabbis in ancient times to create a life of meaning today. I look forward to learning with you again in the next Masachet. Until then, good luck. Behatzlacha. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros, from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.